0: Good evening, and welcome to another episode of That's Truth. I'm Nathan Owens, and I'm in the studio with Pastor Dr. David Murphy. Good evening, Pastor. Uh, Good evening, Brother Nathan, and good evening to those who are listening this evening. We're so glad that you're allowing us to enter your home. It's good to be back in the studio and doing a live program this week. Pastor, before we get into our topic this evening, I came across a quote today that really kind of summarized... Uh, Are tied back to what we were talking about previously about uh, the nation of Islam and about Islam and cults as a whole. And the quote comes from Muhammad, Muhammad Ali, and he says, We all have the same God. We just serve him differently. Rivers, lakes, ponds, streams, oceans, all have water. So do religions. Have different names? And they all contain truth, expressed in different ways, forms, and times. It doesn't matter whether you're a Muslim or a Christian or a Jew. When you believe in God, you should believe that all people are part of one family. If you believe, if you love God, you can't love only some of his children.
1: Well, I think that is... The modern sentiment that uh, Muhammad, uh, Muhammad Ali has expressed um, so well. But the basic concept is um, what you call religious pluralism that all religions are the same, uh, we're all headed in one direction, we're just that uh, we've chosen different paths. We're going up to the peak of a mountain, but we're coming from different sides, we're all going to reach the top. Again, that's the delusion. Uh, because one cannot read uh, the scriptures, and especially if one is a follower of Jesus Christ, uh, the biblical doctrine of salvation and the biblical doctrine of Christ and redemption is an exclusive religion. Uh, there's only one way to God. There's only one truth. Uh, there's only one life. No man comes to the Father but through me. So there's no, There are not many doors. There's only one door. There are not many ways. There's only one way. There's only one truth. So we would strongly disagree. Um, militantly disagree with Muhammad in spite of the fact that he might might have been popular as a boxer, but that's his domain boxing, not not religion. So the statement might sound very attractive, and it might appeal to the modern mind, but it's completely contrary to Scripture.
0: But Christianity is not the only one that's exclusive. When you study Islam, it's exclusive. Yeah. Correct. So, so how do people... Say that things are all the same when they are when they don't combine, they don't work well, together.
1: I, I don't think that people – most of this is an attack on Christianity. Let me put it that way, basically. Christianity is being given a bashing in every direction. It's as though we're the only exclusive religious faith. But um, the Muslims are exclusive as well. There's only one way to God, that's through Allah. Muhammad is his prophet. Uh, we already looked at different religions, like um, the Mormons that you have to come through uh, and believe what the Mormons believe. We've already looked at Ellen, uh, Ellen G. White. We've looked at um, um, Mary Baker and his science, Christian science. Uh, so um, people think that Christianity is the only religion that claims exclusivity in terms of getting to God, but that's not true. Uh, so, but the problem is always projected as though it's the only Christian that feels this way, uh, but that is not true. All major religions are exclusive,
0: We're continuing tonight on the same track that we've been going for some time now, talking about cults, modern religions, uh, world religions, dissecting a particular uh, religious group and who was its founder, talking about its background, and then climaxing by comparing its teachings to the teachings of Scripture. And tonight, we're continuing along that vein, and we're talking about a religious organization, a religious trend, a religious entity that has been incorporated into many areas of life, incorporated into the medical field, into the counseling field. It's a relaxation technique. Uh, Aspects of it are considered exercise. And we're talking about TM, Transcendental Meditation. Pastor Let's start with who was its founder and a little bit about its history. I think that's a good place to start.
1: Well, let's um, mention as well that TM is often not perceived by people as being a religious movement. And um, I think that's a misunderstanding of what's the philosophy behind uh, the TM movement. It was actually founded by a gentleman called Mahesh Brasad Warmer, who later was called Maharishi Mahesh Yogi. Um, he um, was born in 1910. Um, he later attended the Allahabad uh, University and gained a degree in physics. Um, after he acquired his degree, he came into contact with a r- religious leader in, in India called Guru Dev. Uh, that is the divine teacher. Um, he became the disciple of uh, Guru Dev for 12 years, and it's to Guru Dev that he was introduced to this um, um, TM form of meditation. Now, let me just say a word or two about uh, Guru Dev. Uh, Guru Dev, uh, at the age of nine, uh, he left his family to seek enlightenment. He became a student of a religious teacher called Swami Krishnod Sarawati, and Dev is reported that under the teaching of uh, Sarawati, uh, he reached what is called God realization and became what is called an avatar. Avatar is a manifestation of God. So he was perceived to be an incarnation or a manifestation of God. By the way, that's why the word avatar, you've heard that movie, basically, yeah, yeah. a lot of that is uh, permeated with Hindu teaching and uh, Eastern Thoughts. Is a lot of that is in there.
0: Interesting. I imagine that most li- most of those listening were not aware of that connection. He, he,
1: most people are not because yeah. we will learn later that TM was repackaged. It started out as a religious movement, yeah. but then there was a backlash to it. We'll talk about what happened. And he had to repackage it and revamp the whole program. And uh, instead of using religious terminology, he now uses scientific terms and psychological terms. So he was no longer seen as a Hindu Priest, he was now seen as a kind of a uh, psychotherapist, and that is what really caused the Western people to to turn to it. When the, the religious element was there, there was a there was a concern, um, but then he revamped the whole process. Um, but Gurudev Dev um, was the the teacher under which um, Maharishi studied for twelve years. Um, as I said, it was Dev that taught him this medication technique that comes out of the Hindu religion. Uh, when Guru De- died in Dev died in 1953, uh, Maharishi retreated to the Himalaya caves, where he stayed there for two years, uh, living in a very ascetic life, getting in touch with ultimate reality. And uh, it was during this time that he committed himself to take the doctrine and the gospel of Guru Dev to the whole world, so he committed himself to that movement. Then in 1958, he founded what is called the Spiritual Regeneration Movement in India. And then a year later, uh, he decided to move to uh, the Western world and he went to Los Angeles, where he set up one of his organizations in 1959. But for five or six years, nothing was happening. He wasn't very successful. And so he moved from Los Angeles and he went to um, London. It was while he was in London, he met the Beatles in the 1960s, of course. The Beatles had become disillusioned with the sex and the drugs, Mm. and they turned to religion. When they met Maharishi, uh, Maharishi invited him to go to a pilgrimage to India. So George Harrison, John, Paul, and uh, Ringo, along with Mia Farah, went to this pilgrimage in India and sat at the feet of Maharishi. And there they imbibe all of his teachings about TM meditation. Of course, they came back. To the West, and uh, the Rolling Stones and the Beach Boys also became um, familiar with the TM movement and kind of joined the TM movement. As a fact, two of the Beach Boys became became teachers. Uh, It was this that really brought TM to light in the West. As a result, they went. He went on a lecture tour. Um, They had a lot of talk shows. He was given a lot of exposure, and then the media exposure. Uh, caused TM to become very popular. So it was a booming time in the 1960s. And then it all fell apart. The popular bubble bursts, and this optimism that TM would take over the world because the Beatles turned around and accused Marishi of being a lecherous womanizer. And that plummeted TM.
0: Not good marketing.
1: <laughs> Not good marketing at all. So TM um, varnished, as it were, and Marishi decided to return to India. He felt he had not fulfilled his purpose to spread the, the gospel of um, Guru Dev in the Western world. And um, when he was in India, uh, not very long after, the Indian government started investigating the financial assets of TM. So, what Marishi did, he left India and went to uh, Fuji Fonte in Italy, which is an Italian c- community. And uh, while he was there, it was then he thought about the whole process, why he had failed, and he saw the need for repackaging and revamping the whole uh, movement and changing the vocabulary so they'd be more acceptable in the Western world. Uh, So religious terminologies were dropped in favor of psychological terms and scientific terminology. And so the spiritual regeneration movement now became the science of creative intelligence, was a smart move. And so he was no longer seen as a Hindu guru, as it were. He was now seen more as a psychotherapist, helping people to solve their problems. It was this plan and this change of these terms and using psychological and scientific terms that made his philosophy more accepted to the West. And so with 7,000 teachers going to 100 cities and with 30,000 to 40,000 people joining per month, at $55 a price for uh, students and $125 for adults, it was not long before the income jumped about $20 million per year Jeez. and the movement just spread. And today, now we've got them all around the world they're in the prisons, uh, they're in the military barracks, they're in schools, they're in executive offices, uh, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, t- uh, um, twice a day, uh, most TM people get together. And they say they're mantra and they're meditating with the whole goal of bringing about peace on planet Earth. That's in just how this movement started with Maharishi, and uh, it has spread. Uh, and again, it was a smart marketing ploy on his part to move it from being a religious movement to being what is called the science of creative intelligence. Mm-hmm. It sounds so scientific. <laughs>
0: Very, very smart. I was just sitting here thinking as you were telling that, that a lot of businesses could use that kind of intelligent marketing <laughs> to make success. Do you have a question for Pastor Murphy? Are you uh, interested in TM? Do you have a specific question about this movement, maybe about something that the Bible says or that the Bible doesn't say? We would love for you to interact for you to send your question you can do that by contacting us at two six eight four six two seven four two zero that's the number to be put live on the air or if you want to whatsapp or text your question you can send it to two six eight seven eight two one four five four what what really does tm if they repackaged it to not necessarily be a religious organization mm-hmm. What are their
1: claims? Well, they make some astronomical claims. I mean, uh, it's almost like braggadocia what the movement claims it can do. Uh, for example, if you were to see some of the advertising literature, uh, they promise to improve your health, to enhance your self image, uh, reduce stress, and uh, help you to be more focused, uh, increase your productivity heighten your intelligence and creativity, um, uh, give you a tension-free life, uh, relieve insomnia, even to help you with asthma, help you to normalize your weight. Um, it's just, uh, it really has to do with a health message, uh, how to become more healthy, uh, and how to become more peaceful and more calm. And of course, we are in the West, are living in a stress-filled world, and any philosophy that would help people to reduce stress is often attractive. Um, but there are other things that they uh, they do as well, uh, but Uh for example, uh, they claim that if one tm teacher uh, f- was possible for uh, each a hundred i mean a thousand citizens on the earth and they were to be meditating at one time, they would reduce social ills, and all world conflicts will cease, so all world conflicts <laughs> uh, conflict will cease. Uh, and then they also promised, Maharishi promised, that if just 1% of the population of any geographical area were to practice TM, it would reduce, reduce crime and empty our hospitals. So it's, those are the boasted claims of, uh, of the movement. But it goes even further than that. As you advance uh, into TM, um, you promise that you can have um, what is called astral travel, uh, you can have out of body experiences you can learn to levitate, and the ultimate goal, however, is to put you in contact with the uh your consciousness and you become merged with the absolute conscious of the world so that you lose, lose lose your identity and uh you reunite with what he calls god uh, but that's the ultimate goal to to become so what is called a higher consciousness that you lose your identity and you mesh with this higher consciousness that's supposed to be controlling the world. So those are the the boasted claims of um, the movement and uh, it is proven to be very, very, very attractive to the Western world because in a stress-filled world when you're offered some kind of relief of your tension and stress. It has proven attractive, and uh, so people are led down the road of going into this TM uh, to get relief from this tension and this stress.
0: I have in front of me a couple of articles that cite so-called scientific studies that show that TM reduces stress, uh, helps with heart disease, uh, helps with depression, insomnia, addiction treatment, uh, even with Alzheimer's. Now, aren't we supposed to? As Christians, accept those medical advancements that's in our society?
1: Well, the problem there is that any form of meditation, if Christians would practice Christian medication, a lot of those items that you just mentioned there would be reduced. We would have less stress we would have less insomnia. The problem, there's no doubt about it, that meditation does relieve tension and relieve stress. It, there's no doubt that they have beneficial effects, physical effects, when one practices medication, whether it be yoga, whether it be TM, or whether it be Christian medication, meditation. But the problem is that uh, today what we have is a, 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 the Christians are not taking the classical discipline of meditation seriously. So Christians hardly meditate. I mean, I'm talking about well when we talk about t m we'll discuss how how they go about meditation, but basically t m meditation is that you're given a word, a mantra, and you shut your eyes for twenty minutes and you keep repeating that word again and, again and again and again and again and again and again and again until you you lose your consciousness and uh the whole goal is to free your mind, liberate your mind uh open the door of your mind to whatever is out there right now clearly. Uh, that would leave, would leave your tension and your stress. When that happens, but a Christian, uh, similarly, when he can meditate on the ways of God and the works of God and the glory of God and nature of God, uh, we can have the same meditation. But it's not meditation where we empty our minds; it's where we actively take hold of a particular aspect of God, whether it's nature, His character, His attributes, or His works. Uh, or even the word itself and think of what that means that god is our helper god is our refuge uh, god is a keeper meditate on that Uh, no doubt if we were to do those kind of things we too would be relieved of a lot of our tension so there's no question that it has been very successful in terms of relief in tension and when tension and stress is released your entire body function Benefits. I don't know if people know this, and uh, maybe a doctor would, would would confirm this. But the greatest cause of of, of cancer is stress, hmm. right? Is stress, and but there is a way to reduce stress biblically, and it's called meditation. But the problem with us is that we're looking for a shortcut. It's easier to just spend 10 or 12 minutes repeating the word all the time, one word until you lost your consciousness. But to actually think of what it means to God to be a refuge to the implications of that, significance of that, the application of that, uh, it requires thinking and and thought and application. This um, TM meditation involves just repetition, and you just lose your consciousness.
0: Why do you think that Eastern religions are getting such a foothold here in the Western
1: society? Well, I think the West has become disillusioned with Christianity, and that's because of the church itself. And I think that one of the big problems we have is when you study church history. A lot of damage was done by the established church, especially uh, I, I don't want to seem as though I'm knocking them all the time by the Catholic church. The amount of damage they have done to the world, whether it with the Muslims, with the um, the, um not the inquisitions, the, the, but the... Yeah, and the, and the wars that they had yeah. with, with, uh, with, the, with the Muslims, whether it be the inquisition... Crusades. Uh, uh, Crusades, all that kind of stuff. And then the the and the corruption uh, that's been in the Catholic Church for so many years. I mean, it's not only coming to surface now. Look how many thousands of people have been abused, sexual abuse, whether it be boys or girls or what. It's all coming to light. They, it, it creates so massive confusion. Why, why? What kind of a religion could allow a priest to do these kind of atrocities, And then you, rather than expose him, you transfer him to another part of the world where he does the same thing I keep repeating the cycle. So I think because of that, um, that has caused people to move away from Christianity because that is seen to be Christianity. It is not. It's a bogus form of Christianity. It's not the authentic form of Christianity. I think that has hurt the Christian cause for, for a long time. The other thing I think, of course, is that... Um, so-called Christian countries. Um, um, when you talk about the West, people think of countries like England, America, Australia, New Zealand, and those kind of countries as being Christian countries, as it were. When you look at the morality in those countries, there's a disparity between what should be what should be morally correct. How can you explain, for example, in America, that people in Parliament today? In the house, um, could actually believe that it's right for a a child who's nine months old to be literally murdered Mm -hmm. and slaughtered. Not only in the womb, but if he slips out of the womb, he's wrapped and said to be kept warm until the parents decide whether we kill him or not. I mean, can you think of any atrocity, uh, any barbarity that's worse than that? But that's what the West has become, and that is why there's a. a revulsion against what the Western world has become and the Eastern religions have come in and offered not war but peace, see, Uh, not division but unity. And I think that is in some measure has led. And behind this, now remember, it's not just a human level matter that we're dealing with. We're here dealing with spiritual powers, spiritual forces. We're dealing here with satanic invasion. We're dealing with the devil using the counterfeit. Uh, to defeat the real, see. So there is a spiritual agency at work using religion to move people away from Christianity, which is the only true religion. And you're not just trying to
0: spiritualize things there to to explain away physical things that are happening?
1: Oh, no. Now, I, I Listen, if you would think carefully and you would read the, the, the Bible itself, it is very clear that this is the age of delusion and uh, deception. And it's a mastermind. As a matter of fact, when you go to Revelations, where after the, the 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 devil is um, bound for a thousand years and then released, it says he goes and he deceives the whole world. See, this has been a program of deception from the very inception, uh, in terms of moving man away from God. So we can't just look at it in terms of, of human invasions and uh, man's work. We got to understand that behind these great religious movements, there is a supermind that is engineering uh, this whole process to create religious confusion until the world comes to a stage where it says it doesn't matter what you believe in any longer. Let's just believe in a God. We all follow one God. It's going to be called one world religion, but I think that's where we're all headed.
0: There was a time, Pastor, where I thought that the abuse in the Catholic Church only affected the Catholic Church, but just a week and a half ago, I was witnessing to an individual and inviting him to uh, have any children in his household or around the area to come to Sunday school at church. And immediately he said, I was just watching on the news, and that's how religious organizations are uh, taking and abusing children, is they're inviting them to Sunday school and to children's uh, programs. And I spent the majority of my time talking to him, trying to say that is There are false religious, there's false prophets, there are people who have done horrible things Mm-hmm. But he was painting all religion with the yeah. same brush,
1: yeah, we all get tarred with the same brush it 's not just the the atrocities within the Catholic Church and the abuse within the Catholic Church, but even the uh, the scandals about the, these televangelists, mm-hmm. the Jim Bakers and the Jimmy Swaggers. We were all tarnished with the same brush when those things came and they were exposed. The corruption, the religious corruption, the moral corruption, the financial corruption's involved, and then we 've got these guys that live lavish lifestyles uh, flying from one jet to another. Got three and four Rolls Royce vehicles, all of that is seen by the world and is seen for what it is, a mercenary religion that is exploiting the masses. And because of that, people are gradually turning away from, because this think that is Christianity. And and uh, it's really doing tremendous damage to the image of Christ. Every religious, uh, Christian religion, whether it be Catholic, Lutheran, Baptist, Pentecostal that falls and that person has some kind of visibility in the public's eyes we all get tarnished with the same brush Mm -hmm. it's very very unfortunate and that's why it's so important that when you're selecting uh, leaders the Lord laid down those credentials and it has nothing to do with academic credentials most of those credentials are moral and spiritual and uh, I think people miss the whole boat in that process I
0: recently was talking to someone and they were sharing with me that a a church here in Antigua Uh, One of their family members attends the church and the preacher or the pastor consistently is teaching about uh, the one thing he's always teaching about is money and giving to the church. And we know we should give to God's work, but it was a turnoff. And even to the point where they were told, the congregation was told that they were supposed to give their first paycheck of the year to the church Without holding any back for themselves, yeah. is that biblical
1: no that 's not biblical uh, as a matter of fact I, I, there is within me as well a repulse against this sowing the seed, uh, turning every ready you sow a seed it 's all about money. Uh, we have made merchandise of Christianity, and uh, the problem i 'm having is why it has take, taken the people so long to understand what is happening, uh, but the sex success mentality. Um, that you have in the business world has now into the church. And uh, to people in the church, uh, their pastor's success and his image to them is, is evidence of divine blessing. And uh, it is all contrary to Scripture, but uh, I think eventually the pendulum is going to swing and people have been drawn back to real, authentic Christianity.
0: We have a WhatsApp question that has come in from Antigua. Thank you to the individual who sent it in. It says, good evening. Does the kind of movements cocktailed in the words of scripture, which tells us to meditate on either God or his word, like how some seminaries have spiritual formation, is this something like TM?
1: I am not too sure the wording that the person has there. Read it again, please.
0: Does these kind of movements coattail coattail on the words of Scripture, which tells us to meditate on either on God or His Word, like some seminaries have spiritual formation? Is this something like TM? Well,
1: um, what I'm thinking the person is saying is that the TM movement has actually, um, when I use the word coattail, has kind of utilized the biblical emphasis on meditating on the word, or meditating on God, or some other biblical principle. Uh, It is something completely different. Uh, This TM meditation is one of the Vedic practices in the Hindu religion. It is not something that is in any way linked with Christianity. And the objective of it, basically, is to to come into contact with your higher consciousness. And as a result, the ultimate goal is that you would mesh with the universal consciousness and you would lose your personal identity. Uh, So it's more of an Eastern form of religion, what you might call pantheism, where everything is spirit. Man is spirit as well, and human spirit needs to become, uh, once again, come back to this pool where it was just started. Uh, So I think there's something completely different but the word, using the word meditation, I can see that that can uh, mislead people into thinking there's something similar to the Christian faith. And therefore, they become disarmed. I can see that using that ploy. So I'm not too sure I've answered the question, uh, but I can see where it can use that particular term in order to get people to to, uh, to join into the, the, the movement.
0: Thank you for sending that question in. And if you want some further clarification, ask a follow-up
1: question, and we'd be glad to ask Pastor Murphy. Uh, Nathan, I want to um, further what we're talking the claims. Uh, let me mention some two promotional ideas that they offered. In 1970, when the converts were beginning to to, to to plunge and they were only getting about 4,000 people to join per month, at one time it was 30,000 per month for joining, they came up with a program called the SIDHI program, and the word Siddhi, by the way, is a Sanskrit term that has to do with supernatural or occult powers. This program uh, would enable a person to become what is called a Siddha. And for the price of 3000 to $5,000, the devotee would be enabled to reach enlightenment uh, in such a way that he would now be able to walk through walls, become invisible, levitate, and he would have out-of-body experiences that was uh and believe it or not that was the, one of the attractions
0: and but wouldn't it just take one guy paying the three thousand dollars and realizing he can't walk through a
1: wall <laughs> well you might be surprised there's something called dematerialization okay uh i have there's a book in the clc called counseling the occult uh by dr Koch. <laughs> He was a, a Lutheran pastor that passed. That did for forty years. He he did a lot of um, dealing with demonism and and the occult movement in in, in England and uh, in Europe. Sorry, uh, and you read that book, it would shock you. So you're saying that? Yeah, it's they're, very they're, possible. They've that... actually had. Um, listen, there are things that, c- that can happen that at one time I thought was pure fiction, but you're dealing with evil supernaturalism. And when a person engages in either supernaturalism, he has, he's given power to do some things that are totally amazing. Um, I don't want to, on the the radio, to talk about, about this unless we begin to deal with the occult. But there is such a thing as dematerialization, where you can put a person in a room and lock the door. Mm-hmm. And, and, and uh, listen, it is <laughs> it is frightening what can happen. And this idea of astral travel, uh, having out-of-body experiences, these things literally happen, Right. I know of one pastor who, before he was saved, was uh, I- involved in TM, and he has told me some things that happened. He's a man, a man of God. I mean, I would trust him with, for his word, just his word. And the things he told me that happened, a lot of the things I doubted and I thought was just bogus claims. He affirmed hmm. some things that 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 he did in, in that when he was practicing PM before TM before he was with a Christian. And I was completely bamboozled. I could not believe, but were he not a Christian, I would not entertain even the thoughts that he shared with me and what actually some things he was able to do. So there is power. So that's further power. proof that it's a spiritual battle. Oh, yeah, and it's not a, it's just a, it's a, a tremendous spiritual battle uh, that, is, uh, that goes on. And then in 1984, um, uh, they had a three-week um, conference called Taste of Utopia and they gathered TM uh, disciples from 30 countries, and they wanted to infuse the world with a f- what is called the force of positivity. Okay, now you, you hear that word positivity today? Yeah. yeah. That They came together in 1984 at the TM University in Fairfield, uh, Iowa, and 7,000 of them came together and prayed to influence the world positively, and they claim, that having meditated the 7,000 people that meditated they said that they were successful and the three things that they mentioned number one the stock market rose number two there were fewer war deaths you remember in the 70s there was the, the wars in the Vietnam etc. Cetera, et cetera. and then number three there was the decrease in traffic fatalities in three different countries. So as far as their their meditation produce all of that, see? Those are some of the fantastic claims that they make and people have just bought into it and um, all I can say is that when you regret the truth and you turn away from Christ, you embrace falsehood and error and you become deceived.
0: TM aims to help me reach a higher state of consciousness Is it a biblical thought that I have a subconscious or two different levels of consciousness? Or is that something that secular psychology has ingrained in us?
1: Well, let me put it this way. Uh, We don't read anything about a subconscious in the scriptures. Uh, Who introduced that concept? It was Freud. Sigmund Freud was the the first person that introduced the idea that you have a subconscious and that your subconscious controls you. And so a lot of your actions can only be explained by your subconscious acting, and you don't even know. In other words, you're controlled by your subconscious. It was Freud that introduced that idea. Um, we would say, uh, biblically, that you have a mind, and that the thoughts of your mind would control you. And we know that behind every action is a thought. But it was Freud that introduced this concept, And this concept was taken up then by the psychological world, this subconscious idea, and now it's become almost pervasive where everybody assumes naturally that we have a subconscious. And part of the therapy to heal people today is that you have to become uh, a therapist where you can practice like hypnosis and you can get back into the 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 subcon the subconscious part of the person the person not aware of and that's why you have a lot of idea people saying that i was i was I was a before I had an afterlife I had a life before et cetera et cetera um, we are now into the 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 world of um shamanism basically we're into the the world of the occult world, and we've got to be very careful that we don't embrace the terminology that the world uses because the Bible makes it quite clear what controls your your thoughts. Uh, uh, and uh, we could have thoughts inside that control but the idea of having the subconscious he's, he's created this concept and he has just taken over in the world and we've got to be very watchful in that that matter
0: Did I just connect the dots to hear you say that as a Christian I should not allow myself to be hypnotized
1: Of course uh, I, I don't see any reason why anybody would go through that process you you would give a man control over you where he, you could, he could actually dictate to you what you can do Uh this is not a practice that um, you find going on. I but mean,
0: isn't he just helping me to recall things that were done to me in the past?
1: But again, what is he recalling? Is it is it things that you actually did in the past? Sometimes you, remember people were watching television for the time they were three and four years old. You've got thirty years of television. It's all. If they're saying you have got a subconscious all recorded there, when your mind becomes jumbled, is, does this actually happen to you? Did you see it in a movie? Know that you become deported because your mind has become mixed. Uh, we got to be very, very careful and and uh, not believe that we got these uh, these these gurus who can plumb into the depths of our subconscious somehow provide answers. We need answers to what is bothering us. We know the the biblical answer that the problem with man is his sinful nature. That's his problem. Uh, And the psychologist is not prepared to deal with that terminology because it's a religious terminology, but yet that's the biblical word. Man's problem is his alienation from God. Man's problem is his sinful nature. And the Bible tells us exactly how to deal with that. But we've opted for uh, psychological uh, pottage <laughs> as it were and uh, we have surrendered our birthright which is the Christian faith and the biblical doctrine and we are by the way could I say this we're not any better off today we're not any better off we've got we're psychologi- psychologizing everybody and but the world is not getting any better it's getting worse because we're not offering real solutions we're giving people reasons for believing they're not responsible for what they're doing And people who live irresponsible lives commit all kinds of foul acts. So the world can't improve by somehow coming up with a philosophy where I'm no longer responsible for my actions because my subconscious controls me. So therefore what I do, I'm not responsible. That is where we're all headed. And that is why, for example, uh, criminals are treated in such a way as though they're not responsible for their acts. Some of the most atrocious murders, you're always trying to say, God who give some reason why he did what he did, rather than let him accept the responsibility that he deliberately, knowingly murdered.
0: So from a Christian standpoint, is there ever the acceptable basis for a insanity plea?
1: There may be a, a case, in it because it's possible that you can have a moment insanity, but that's a different thing altogether uh that's a different thing altogether. A person's mind can become so um stressed out that basically they lose their function. Um, I wish I could say this, but there are people that I'm dealing with currently who have lost it uh they were normal. And then uh, something happened. They either lost a, a partner. They, they lost uh, uh, the marriage broke down. Uh, maybe they had a financial crisis. Uh, maybe one, two, three, four overwhelmed them. It's not that anything. In, the, in other words, the nerves don't break down. Nerves can break down. But what has happened? They run out of resources. And when they run out of resources, they can't deal with what they're doing, and that's the whole system collapsed, it collapse. And then that needs to be uh, restructured and brought back together. But that's substantially what is happening.
0: Do you have a question for Pastor Murphy? You can call and be put live on the air. Call 1268 462 7420. Or you can send your question via WhatsApp or text to 1268-782-1454. Have you ever wondered what it looks like in the studio behind the scenes as we are bringing this program to you? Well, you can know. You can go to the station Facebook page, Caribbean Radio Lighthouse Facebook page, and click on the Facebook Live video, and you can see behind the scenes. And if you have a question while you're watching that video, you can comment that question, and it will be passed along to us. Pastor, is TM a religious cult, or would you, I guess, would you consider it a cult?
1: I consider it a a religious cult, but it's what you might call a cult out of uh, Hinduism, uh, because it's not a branch, that kind of uh, appendage that broke away from the Christian faith. It's actually part of the Hindu philosophy It's a a, a form of yoga, and yoga basically is about uh, getting in in contact with the universal spirit uh, through serious concentration and meditation. So it's a form of of yoga uh, as far as that is concerned. But let me me suggest to you uh, why uh, it is not just a scientific organization. Um, Let me explain to you what happens uh, when a person joins TM and the process they go through. And then I have a translation of the uh, initiatory service and, and what words are said. And anyone that reads, let me read what it says, uh, translation, you see that it's purely religion. It's, it's really, it's not, it's a religious uh, movement altogether. Number one, um, there's an introductory fee. Nothing in TM is free. You don't come and join the church. There's a cost to it, right? Uh, I don't know the current cost, but at one time it was $55 for a student and then 125 for an adult. It's all right it today. But you, you do that. Uh, and then there's what you call an initiatory uh, a ceremony um, where the person is now brought into the, the movement. And it is distinctively idolatrous in nature. The person who's initiated, he comes in with fruits and flowers and a white handkerchief in his hand. He takes off his shoes and he enters a candlelit room that is um, completely uh, infused with um, the smell of incense. He's then directed uh, to lay these items that he brought in, the fruit and the flowers, etc on a flower bank altar. There's an altar there, and there's a picture of a portrait of Guru Dev. Okay. Uh, then the teacher kneels before the altar. The initiate, the person who's becoming initiated, he can either kneel or he can stand. And then they sing a, um, a song in Sanskrit, and uh, and it takes about ten minutes to recite this particular a song that they, they're using. It's called a puja, and the word puja means worship. So that alerts you as well that you're going through a worship process. Uh, Gurudev, by the way, the picture of Gurudev, he represents um, a literal embodiment of God. He is an av- uh, um, avatar. Uh, they call him a Marti. That is what uh, an incarnation of God would be. Uh, while singing the puja, the instructor invokes the favor and the presence of Hindu gods. And he presents 17 orphans to Gurudev. Uh, let me read uh, some of what is said uh, during the the the, cere- the ceremony where the is, um the invocation, and uh, this person is being initiated. Uh, this is what it says: the invocation says to do, uh, to Lord Narayana, to Lotus-born Brahma, the Creator, to Vahishta, to Shakti, and to His Son, to Parashar, to Vyasa to Shukava, uh Shukavada, to the great uh, God Apada, uh, to Govidi, ruler among yogis, the disciples, uh, to Sri uh, Tratika, some of these names is hard to pronounce, to others, to the tradition of our masters, I bow down, to the abode of the wisdom of the Shrutis, to the Smritis, to the uh, Puranas, uh, to the abode of kindness, to the person- personified glory of God, to Shankara, the emancipator of the Lord, I bow down. Uh, Redeemer, hail Krishna! And then it goes on to talk about uh, offering um, the invo- uh, the invocation to lotus feet of Sri uh, Guru Dev. I bow down. Offering a seat to the lotus feet of Sri Guru Dev, I bow down. Offering ablution to the lotus feet of Sri Guru Dev, seventeen times, they're offering to him as Guru Dev, and then. It goes on to say, among the lines, To the lotus-born Brahma, the creator, To Shakti, I bow down, At whose door the whole galaxy of gods pray. Guru, I bow down, The teacher of the truth of absolute, The Sri Guru Dev, I bow down. So you take that, those are, that's given in Sanskrit. The person, the Westerner, doesn't have a clue yeah. what is being said. It's quite a process. It is. If I were to, I mean, I wish I could spend time reading the whole, uh, the whole uh, in, uh, invocation there and the, the initiatory service. But the truth of the matter is, it is just calling the gods of the Hindus and worshiping the gods of the Hindu, especially Gurudev, who is now seen as an avatar.
0: Pastor, we have a caller calling from Antigua, calling to get some clarity on something. Go ahead. Thank you for calling. Hi. Um. You can call me back
2: as my money.
0: Hi. What's your number? And he's gone. Okay. When you are you there? Yeah. Uh. Caller, when you get some more money on your phone, you can give us a call back, and we will put you on the air. Thank you for calling.
1: Uh, I wanted this. Um, I should have said this before, and I probably should. I want to inject it now before um, it slips me. But you remember, I, I talked about how they moved, the changed, the revamped the the program, and began to change the image of the movement so that it would now seem as a legitimate, non-religious uh, group organization. Uh, what they did in addition was to divide the TM Empire, and now they've got different branches. Let me give you some of the branches. For example, they got one branch called the World Plan Executive Council. Now that doesn't sound anything religious, right? Really. They got one called the Student International Meditation Society. Again, there's nothing religious other than the word meditation there. The American Foundation for Creative Intelligence. Now, that song very attractive to most people, creative intelligence. The American Meditation Society. And these are all under the umbrella of TM. And then there's the Maharishi International University. And then there's the Institute of Fitness and Athletic Excellence. Now, that would be attractive as well, uh, with so much pushing on the the athletes, etc. And then they've got something called the Affiliate Organizational Conglomerate. And the international headquarters, of course, is in, in Switzerland. But you can see by changing those terms and making it sound so scientific and uh, um, and, and trying to, uh, especially when it comes to health and fitness and uh, athletic excellence, that is part of the attraction. There's no, there's no semblance there that you're getting into something that's religious, that is really Hindu and really pantheistic. So would you consider that deceit? Of course it's deceit. Clever deceit. It's, again, I, I brother we we gotta realize that our Lord said in Matthew chapter twenty seven, about four times in Matthew, when he speaks about the end times, he talks about the world and many shall be deceived. Deceived. Read it there in Matthew. Deceived, deceived. He said if it were possible, even the very elect would be deceived. So the The period of deception is the eternal generation, and uh, it's not surprising that there's so much deception, but there's a mastermind behind all of this engineering and uh, galvanizing people to get involved in these different activities.
0: The higher consciousness, what do I do in order, not what do I do, but if I was part of the TM movement, what's their, do they have a magic formula for achieving that?
1: Well, their way of, you get in, uh to this higher level of consciousness. Uh, two things are important. Uh, one has to do with what is called a mantra. Now, a mantra is a word or a phrase uh, that is supposed to have some kind of vibratory song. They say it has no denotative meaning. But in truth and fact, um, it is a word that is supposed to have some spiritual and supernatural power. And it's, uh, it's actually the word for a Hindu deity, a Hindu god that is given to a person who joins TM. And that becomes your special word that you're given. And you must not reveal that word. If you reveal that word even to your wife or in your family member, it loses its power. But the whole purpose of that word is that word would enable you uh, through meditation so what you do when you're meditating, is the second thing. So they have got this particular word to give you, a secret word that when you're initiated, you're given a secret word um, that is your, your special word. When you're in meditating now, all you do is close your eyes for 10 to 15 minutes, and that one word you keep repeating, repeating, repeating. You don't start repeating it, you keep repeating until you lose your consciousness, okay? When that happens after 20 minutes, uh, and you keep repeating this 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 Sanskrit word, this this uh, this um, this mantra. Uh, when that happens now, and you become unconscious, you're now releasing your mind of stress and and, and tension, et cetera, et cetera. And your mind is now going into the ocean of greater consciousness. And it is said that you become more unconscious is that like your thoughts become like thistles, disappearing. And you're going closer and closer to ultimately, you're out of the real world that you're in, and uh, well, I haven't gone through the experience, but I, but what they tell you is that you know into this ocean, is that you dive in into the deep ocean of thought, and you your your mind now because you no longer have any control of your mind, you've you've taken breaks off your mind, you've actually let your mind go free, etc. etc. Uh, so you coast, and allow your mind to coast to wherever it goes, but. In the process, you get connected with your deeper thoughts. Now, all of this is happening and you're not conscious of what is happening, so you're in another world and then you are supposed ultimately to get in contact with whatever this ultimate consciousness is and uh there are people that when they come out of the this mantra and come out of this this um this meditation, they don't even know what has happened. Many people have gone into neuroses and psychoses. After they 've gone to TM because they get in contact with something, but what do you get in contact with? see and this is where uh, when we talk about the danger of this kind of a uh, cult, I believe that you're opening the doors to demonic powers and you, become, you can become a channel or medium for these uh, these powers that you think you're in contact with. God never designed that we lose control of our minds. The biblical doctrine everywhere in the Bible is about the mind, the renewing of the mind, appealing to the mind, to the understanding. Uh, Paul would keep saying, I don't want you to be ignorant. This movement is that you suspend the mind and you're no longer an active person controlling your mind. You become a passive agent and just let whatever's out there begin to control you. That, uh, in my judgment, is one of the greatest dangers within the movement. And I do feel that it opens the door of the mind to evil, uh, infernal powers and spirits and what we would call demons. I do believe that's what happens to a lot of these people.
0: Something I found interesting is there are those who would say that uh, TM or yoga doesn't have a spiritual aspect to it. I was doing some research and in the 1980s the Department of Education in the U.S., was investigating whether to provide funding for a yoga program, mm-hmm. and they rejected it. After doing research, they said, no, there's too much of a religious activity connection here. Therefore, we're, as a federal government, we're not going to provide funding for it. Yeah. So uh, there is a a spiritual religious mm-hmm. aspect.
1: What the judge in that case did, I was reading it, read it in um, um Josh McDowell has a book on... Uh, Religions, Mm. cultural religions, and he pointed out the judge in that case looked at the puja, the same um, initiatory uh, um, invocation prayer. He looked at that and he saw that you're actually calling up gods. You're using Hindu gods. You're actually worshiping Guru Dev. You're presenting offerings to him again and again. You're recognizing him as God. So this cannot be uh, a non-religion. This is a religion. It's just covered over with a lot of jargon. And as a result of that, it was banned uh, from the schools. And then, of course, they've now repackaged it where it's now seen as kind of a therapy to get back into the the, the schools and get back into governments, get back into the military, get back into uh, business offices and CEOs, et cetera.
0: You're listening to That's Truth. An interactive program, call-in program on the Caribbean Radio Lighthouse. We would love to have you give us a call or send your question to us via WhatsApp or text. And we actually have a call on the line. Thank you for calling back. And go ahead.
2: Oh yes, uh, my name is I'm a Catholic church. I'm a Catholic church go yeah. um, Don't you think that um, there's a little house? with the, uh, the and then when you say that they have all kind of wrongs doing in churches and so. Either um, because I know that um from since the, the world starts with people from um, Moses' days when um Moses was dealing with the people is how many times um God said that he will have to kill the people it, because they were doing all kind of wrongs and so towards him and so on. He don't like it. And don't you think all the churches in them have been actually wrongdoing stuff? Like doing sin work and so on too?
1: Well, you want me to respond to that? Look, I was a pastor in St. Saint, Saint Lucia for a number of years. And it's not that the... Yeah, yeah. The problem with the Catholic Church is that they've done so much cover up. Where we were there, there were priests who had gotten involved with women, gotten involved with people, and what they do basically, rather than defrock them, which is the proper thing to do, they send them to another island, they send them to another place, and they do the same thing again. All of the things that have happened to the Catholic Church there's now coming back, that they've got to pay huge sums of money to settle all these cases, could have been solved if they had dealt with it correctly. No man who is a pastor. No man,
2: Huh? I understand. I I understand what you are trying to say. could um, but um, it seems like um, you have something against them white people are not supposed to be a Catholic that's the way I, I think of, of it, and I think that the churches in them, almost all the churches and them, they're having actually different same wrong things. I,
1: I, uh, I'm I I not saying that they're not things in churches that I'm not aware of, but I am not aware, I'm within the Baptist Fellowship, I'm not aware of any Baptist church that would tolerate any pastor abusing children, committing homosexuality. Yes. Uh, I would I not. I do not know of any Baptist that would tolerate that and would not defrock those persons, remove those persons from positions of authority and of power. But the the problem with the Catholic Church, again, uh, relates to the fact that they've done too much covering up. Now it's beginning to haunt them. Uh, I.
2: Well, that's the same thing I've been telling you because in, this, in the days with Moses, with Moses, I mean, you know, how many times that God said that He will kill all, all the people in them? And you know that Mo, Moses was a um, righteous man and a, a godly man, yeah. and he had to go and beg God for mercy. How many times? Yeah. Up to, my my back, my. my up sorry. Up to, up to um, Jesus' days and so. Uh-huh. And the, the Pharisees and them, how they were. Um, in him and they don't believe in in, in him and then because they have their own yeah. belief in themselves and they don't believe that he is a crisis. So up to this day, we, we still have this problem. So if you don't want to be among them, you know, you're going to worship and who you go going to worship. Yeah. So if you decide, well, if that's what you want to, to be, yeah. and that's the right religion, uh-huh. I see nothing wrong with what religion and you have those things going on in all different places. Well, my,
1: my counsel to anybody, whether it's yourself, myself, my family, anybody, is that you, what you do, you use the Bible as a standard to judge whatever ministry you're going into. If a church, whatever church you're going into, you let the Bible be the standard to decide: is this the kind of church I would want to be in? Are they following the biblical doctrines? Are they teaching biblical doctrines? Are they teaching things that are, or are they teaching things contrary to Scripture? So I, I, whether it be the Catholic Church, or the Lutheran Church, or the Baptist Church, or the Methodist Church, or the Episcopal Church, it doesn't matter. What really is the issue for every human being, every individual, is to make sure that the church you go to is in line with the biblical doctrine and the biblical teaching. That's what matters. That's the standard. It doesn't okay, matter yeah. what group you belong to.
2: Okay, well, I understand. Um, I have another question for you now. Sure. Um, you have this girl that's taken overseas, right? Uh-huh. Um his name is Serena, William. Yes. I remember one time I was on my job um watching and I happened to put on my radio on um BBC News oh. and I heard the voice come out and say that I was sending a lot of money so that she can see um whosoever been helping them, watching them playing tennis and so and she send a whole ton of money that now you know she sent it to the Jehovah with People is them oh. and she said she tell them to give me some of the money up to now i don't get no money from them and the easiest set of demand for me finding them i have to go and fight with lawyers and all those stuff and so forth find out to see the life of the weekly and then get to find out what you have to do about it what do you think about those
1: well, I, I don't know um, what um, the matter you just raised. I uh, haven't heard about it, uh, so I really can't make a comment. But if you think you have a legitimate grouse with whoever, um, it's well within your rights to do what is correct, whatever the law requires, and you think that that is proper, um, I I would not be at all adverse if you um, if you take what a decision you think is, is correct and the right thing to do. Let your yep. conscience guide you in this matter. And uh but you do what you think is right consciously and uh just leave the rest, don't mind what people say. You just do what you think is correct and what is biblically correct. Right. And uh, there's nothing in the scripture that if somebody owes you money. You have well, a right um, to,
2: to no 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 no, I'm not saying that they owe me money. Okay, they're supposed say, to, to give says, right uh uh-huh. as, as what you say. Uh-huh. It's the same time they had go to the man, the man told me, okay, come back the next week. All uh-huh. About the same thing. Uh-huh. Now I go back, he show me some people, around and do have and this is how show me some people, this is how much I go with them. I don't know if that's or you tell me if I do. And next then we we'll go back to the man, this is how the man can tell me, you know what I'm talking about. uh uh-huh. Well, and.
1: Uh, sorry, go ahead.
2: You know what I'm talking about, and you don't know her. Uh-huh. And uh, you only know her when she plays tennis. I know if he, if I didn't hear the, the interview with her, uh-huh. I won't never go to them. Okay. But because I hear the interview with reading news on BBC, that's the reason why I go to them. You know, I just want to put it in, you know, to let the world know.
1: Okay,
2: I'll let to whoever listening yeah. to let us see what kind of people those people yeah. well, are. Okay.
0: Codrington, we appreciate your calling, and I, I. Uh, Yes, thank 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 you for calling We appreciate it and have a great night And remember that the most important thing Is comparing uh, your beliefs And the beliefs of whatever church You're attending to scripture And that Jesus Christ is the only way To get to heaven Thank you for your call Pastor uh, Back to the topic Of TM And the the trends that are going on. Real quickly before I ask the question, if you have a question for Pastor Murphy, you can call 268 462 7420, whether it's about TM or whether it's about another uh, question about life or what the Bible says. Or you can WhatsApp or text your question to 268 782 1454. We have a question that's come in from Facebook Live from Rhonda Grant in Antigua. Thank you for sending that question in. And the question is, many exercises are derived from certain yoga stances. Is it wrong for a Christian to use these stances without meditation during an exercise routine? Very practical question. Thank you for asking that. Yeah. Pastor, what are your thoughts?
1: I don't have any problem with something that is physical. Um, and I know that there are some exercises, whether it be From yoga or even karate or some other thing that you know, I don't have a problem with that. The problem I have is when people get engaged in these activities without understanding the the spiritual ramifications, and when they're given particular. Words to say or to meditate on, the mantra, whatever it is. A lot of us in the Western world will just do those exercises without even thinking what we're doing. But as I said, once you are given a mantra that that's something you use to meditate on and reflect on and repeat again and again and again and again and again, you ought to be alert on that matter and not engage in such activities. But in terms of the physical exercises, I don't have a problem with it.
0: Another question that has just come in states, Good night. If Christians were to recite scripture like mantras and use deep meditation or even repeat the name of Jesus or Jehovah over and over again, is that okay? Or should, it, should we be cautious of things like that as far as taking heed of our Lord's words and refrain from vain repetitions?
1: Yeah, you, I um, I do not believe that any Christian should practice the name of Jesus or some biblical terminology, like you use a mantra, and you keep saying Jesus, 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 until you lose your consciousness. That's not biblical meditation. As a matter of fact, hopefully in the program we would come to do a comparison between what biblical meditation is as opposed to TM. But I agree with you, that's vain repetition, and our Lord condemns that kind of um uh, uh, a prayer or that kind of uh meditation uh, the bible is very very specific as to what meditation is all about and if you read the psalms in particular uh, you can go use a concordance you see david look at the word meditation see what david did when he was meditating he's either meditating on the works of god uh, the word of god uh, he's talking about the character of god the attributes of god even, uh, David said, on one, occasion, one of the, I meditate on my ways, reflecting on your lifestyle, what you're doing, etc., etc. The, pro- the thing there is to have your mind active and engaged. Uh, you don't want to be a passive agent in this whole matter so that you're in contact with something that you're not conscious of what is happening to you. Uh, so I agree with you that uh, we're not supposed to uh, practice um, this use of Scripture like we use a mantra or the name of Jesus like a mantra, uh, that is totally unscriptural and biblical, and no Christian should engage in such activities.
0: Pastor, we have another caller from Antigua. Thank you for calling, and go
3: ahead. Good night, Pastor Murphy.
1: Yes, sir.
3: Good night to the host and the listeners.
1: Good night. Good night, Pastor
3: sir. Pastor Murphy, I'm going to be short tonight, as usual, but I call to endorse tonight again as a virgin and a, as a believer in the gospel of Jesus Christ that... I signed the right and check. But I told you some time ago that it's not all, all the things that you said that I agree with, but um, we're not going to have a battle over certain things that we don't agree about. Yeah. I said one of the things I don't agree, we were for the last, you made a statement about a caller from me was calling and asked you that if you would marry two persons and one of them have an HIV virus, What's and that? you said that you would marry people who... Um, I'm going to that kind of situation, if one is positive and one is negative, and you know, you said you'd have them to get a test, and both them must come out um, even negative, okay? Uh-huh. What I don't agree with is this person, maybe. Let me show you the scenario. Mm-hmm. Let's say uh, two persons are uh, HIV positive and they didn't get the virus through sexual intercourse or immorality, let's say a blood transfusion, right?
0: Uh-huh.
3: Now, let's, so both of them get saved, but yet they're not completely healed from the virus, mm-hmm. and they threaten your traitor and ask you to marry them. Mm-hmm. I'd I, I like to know if you really want to get a, a certificate that they are negative before you marry them. Because I find people decide not to marry them. They say they're Christian, they confess Christianity, but they didn't get the, um, the virus to immorality. I think you should marry them. So i like to, before we hang up, you can think about it and then answer me because I have one more thing to say. I tuned in early on when he made a statement about Muhammad Ali, right?
1: Mm-hmm.
3: And I'm not sure what Muhammad Ali did before he died. He, he made a request. Remember, he was Muslim, right?
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Islam. But he made a request at his funeral he would like. Christian preachers to be there to preach, and Muslim preachers to be there to preach, and they granted his request. Mm-hmm. Now, I find that to be, what you call, not a clever move. They profess either Christianity or Islam, they can't go to heaven to know two doors. As you said earlier, and the is revealed one way. Jesus Christ is the way, the truth and the light. There's no two other ways, okay? And the people, now with the Roman Catholic guy, you see, not to listen keenly, I and mean, many people don't listen keenly. I've never heard you criticize people saying, don't join this religion, don't join that. What I find you've done, you've compared the scriptures according to what those religions teach. I listen to Catholic regular, on a regular basis and it was every night. And they had the program, and the said they were preaching about purgatory. I know that's contrary to scriptures because how can a homosexual priest forgive the sins of someone else? People have to and understand. Have a good night. God bless.
1: Okay, let me just quickly respond to you uh, while I can about
3: the. I love you. No,
1: okay. Thanks. Yeah, okay, thanks a lot for calling. Yeah, I really appreciate that, man. Thanks nice. for calling. Yeah, in connection with the the, uh, the AIDS situation, um, I the scenario that I. Um, spoke to some time ago, and I actually forgot the all the details. I'm trying to piece it, it into mind. But my thought was um, that when I am counseling people for marriage, um, if the individuals have not are not virgins, they're not been living a morally upright life, um, I require, if you want me to do premarital counseling for you, I require that you get an AIDS test. Uh, and uh, i i don 't change about that uh, if i 'm not the only person who can marry people uh, it doesn 't mean i 'm against your marriage it doesn 't mean that i don 't like you it doesn 't mean i don 't want your as a matter of fact I want the best for you that 's why I insist that you get uh to know your your state uh, your status as far as the whether you 're hiv positive or not i think that is that to my mind is is, is, is very important um, what is love? Love is about what's in the best interest for the other person. Love is not a selfish act where it's about me. It's about what's in the best interest of the other person. I think I would want to know my status. I think I ought to know the, should not want to know the status of the other person as well. Look, this thing is so serious. I hope the people who are listening, you can have the virus and 15, 20 years Uh, It's not like some years ago you have it five years and then it it becomes full-blown AIDS. You now have all kinds of drugs that can suppress this thing so that you can go on for 20 years. And you take Magic Johnson. How long ago we thought Magic would have been dead by now. He's not dead. Mm -hmm. But he still has the AIDS virus because it's not something you can get rid of. So I think it's important that you could be talking to somebody, dating somebody for many, many years and you look very normal but the person in that, in fact, has got uh, the virus. I think it's important to do that. I would not, uh, if I knew one person was positive and one person was negative, I would not be part of that marriage. Uh, Again, if they want to get married, I am not going to dissuade them from getting married. just tell them my opinion on the matter, because I can think of the misery of living uh, a life where one person has got AIDS, the other person doesn't got. How do you kiss your wife? How do you engage in sexual activity? How do you constantly living as though you're walking on eggshells? What kind of romance can there be? What kind of relationship there could be living in that kind of an environment? I have a hard time conceiving how that would work.
0: What so, if both people that came to you had tested positive?
1: Well, that's a different thing altogether because you've got two people with AIDS. Right? That would be a different scenario altogether. But I'm talking about one person who has AIDS, the other person who doesn't have AIDS. I'm not going to seal... A marriage where I know that the person's life can be cut short and one person left without a partner. Then i got to think about the children that come out of that, that particular marriage. It's not just about the individuals. It's, it's what is in the best interests. And, uh, you know, there are some people that um, make mistakes in life and you have to live with the consequences for a long time. That might seem harsh and painful. But again, it's all about what's in the best welfare for the individual and uh, for the society at large.
0: Would you take that same philosophy for someone who, let's say, has some form of cancer or uh, some serious blood ailment?
1: Well, that's something different. Uh, For example, I do feel that people who have sickle cell. I think if I have a trait of sickle cell and my wife had a trait, my to be the chances are that the children will have full-blown sickle cell. I think those people should seriously consider terminating the relationship in the best interests of their children. Um, this is why in America, for example, before you get married, you've got to get a blood test They want to know certain things about your blood. Here in the Caribbean, I'm not too sure that that is practice, but it should be. Uh, but I would be concerned. I, I would have some serious thoughts about marrying two people who got strains of sickle cell. When I know that the children are going to be born full-blown, uh, I would be very hesitant to, uh, to recommend uh, that they pursue marriage. It's better to find a person who doesn't have sickle cell. Uh, I hope the audio, audience understands what I'm saying. It doesn't mean that two people with, uh, uh, who have traits can't love each other I should not marry, but for me, I have a problem knowing uh, the the uh, health details to facilitate a, a relationship that would end up in the children going to um, suffering as a result of the decision the parents have made. I would have to wrestle with that, um, but it would be difficult for me to 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 uh, to do that uh, because I'm looking at the welfare of the children as well.
0: Time across the Eastern Caribbean is 8.43. We have 20 minutes left in the program. I guess a little over 25 minutes left in the program. Pastor, we have a caller who has just called in from Anguilla. Thank you for calling, and go ahead.
4: Hello, good night to you all. Um, very um, interesting program again. Thank you. And um, I would just like to ask Pastor Murphy, have you um, ever seen this um, video series, um, I think it's Gods of the New Age Part 1 and 2.
1: No, I haven't seen that, but i put a note here to try to see if I can get it.
4: Oh yeah, you, you can get it on the, on, um, I think it's on YouTube on the internet. Okay. Um, in the 1990s, um, there was an African guy who was a Christian, he was here in, in, in Angola, and he had... Um, this video, Gods of the New Age, Part 1 and 2, and you know, when he was leaving, he left it with me and we showed it in church, and it was a shocker to many people, and it mentions um, quite a lot of the thing you y- all are discussing today, uh-huh. tonight, okay. um, and um, wh- what's great about it is that uh, it featured a lot of people who were ex-members uh-huh. of, you know, like and other similar groups. Yes, sir. And they had now been saved, and they were, you know, telling, giving their experiences. Uh, But it's a a very, very helpful video.
1: I will source it as soon as I go home. Believe it or not. (laughs)
4: Yeah, I I think it's done by um, the guy named Jeremiah Films.
1: Oh yes, Uh Jeremiah Films. Okay. Right. As a matter of fact, if I find it, I normally once a month in our church, the last Sunday in every month in our church. We yeah. give the service to the youth pastor. He preaches. And then the Sunday night, we watch a documentary, something to do with what's going on in the religious world, uh, something to do with missions. But every last Sunday uh, okay. night, we watch a particular. So this would be something I would want to see and maybe even share it with our
4: church. Okay. that's. Yeah, I don't think you'll be disappointed.
1: Thank you so very much.
4: Huh? I appreciate uh, that, sir. Thanks, uh, man. You guys keep up the great work. God bless you. And thanks. God bless you. Too. Yeah.
0: Thanks for listening, and thanks for encouraging others to listen to the program. Also, not for our sake, but for the sake of more and more people hearing the gospel, hearing the truth in a day and age where truth is so muddled with all the confusion that's out there. Pastor, we've kind of wandered from our topic a little bit, but in the last 15 minutes or so, what does TM teach about some of the core doctrines as far as God and man, Christ, salvation?
1: Let's talk about um, their teaching about God. What I find that um, some of the quotes I'm going to give you, it seems to me that Maharishi was um, confused. Sometimes he seemed very ambivalent and also very contradictory. Um, Some of his statements, he he doesn't believe in a personal God, but yet he talked about a being. So how can he have an impersonal being? I'm not too sure. So some of the language that he uses uh, is somewhat, to my mind, it seems as though he was... And that's the problem. When you go away from the true God of the Scriptures, and you try to explain God in any other format, basically, you end up in, in, in confusion because uh, there's only one true living God and uh, to try to describe another being outside of that true living God creates problems for those uh, who don't believe. But he denies the infinite personal God that's revealed in Scripture, and the God of TM is really a pantheistic God. Let me read what what he says in uh, TM book, uh, page 266. He said, Everything in creation is the manifestation of the unmanifested absolute impersonal being, now think about that for just a moment. Uh, that is the language and jargon of a man who is very, very confused. Can
0: you read that again? I okay. got lost.
1: <laughs> Everything in creation is the manifestation of the unmanifested, absolute, impersonal being, the omnipotent, okay? Uh, that is stringing words together, uh in very intellectual, but at the same time very confusing, okay? Mm-hmm. He went on to say on page 269, the impersonal God is that being which dwells in the heart of everyone. So, how can you have an impersonal God as a being? Uh, and that's why I said the language is confusing. The, the, uh, it is it's, it's very, very vague and, and uh, contradicting what he says. So, for him, God is what you might call the pervasive, absolute world consciousness that is in everybody. And this uh, goes along with what the gentleman was saying, this uh, God to the New Age movement. All of these New Age movements, it's basically that man's biggest problem is not his sin. He doesn't need conversion and salvation. Man's biggest problem is his ignorance. He really doesn't understand the powers that's within him. He has God within him, and he has to find that God. And when he finds that God and identifies that God, then man would then begin to explain uh, explore his power. That is the essence of most of these, these uh, New Age movements, uh, that man really is God in himself, but he just, he just have, doesn't have this knowledge. But we now got to get the gurus and the avatars and the ascended masters to come and tell us that we are gods. It's just that we, we just don't understand how powerful we are. So it's more salvation from ignorance than a salvation from sin. That's the basic thing. So you've got this... Um, this Pervasive God that pervades everything, including man himself. Now, as far as man is concerned, uh, he said, Each man, each individual is, in his true nature, the impersonal God. He said that in Science of Being and uh, Art of Living on page 276. Let me read it again. Each individual is, in his true nature, the impersonal God. So that is pantheism, see? Everything is God, uh, uh, and God pervades everything. That's the pantheistic teaching that's behind TM. So man's foremost problem is man's alienation from his true being, which is that he doesn't know that he is a little God on the inside. So the purpose of the guru now is to remove that ignorance and put him in touch with his highest consciousness, which leads him to conclude now that he now merges with this absolute Conscious God, etc. So it is Hinduism, it is pantheism. As far as Jesus is concerned, um, he didn't say much about Christ, but I want to read a quote from the Meditations of Marishi on page two, 123 to 124. This is what he says It said, Due to not understanding the life of Christ and not understanding the message of Christ, he said, I don't think Christ ever suffered or Christ could suffer. It's a pity that Christ is talked in terms of suffering. It's a wrong interpretation of the life of Christ and the message of Christ. So again, you have now taken away the whole doctrine of the atonement, which has to do with Christ's suffering for human sin. Oh, sorry.
0: Pastor, we have a caller from the island of Nevis. Thank you for calling, and go ahead.
1: Yes, good evening. Good evening, sir.
5: Um, I... You're talking about um, meditation and, and things like that. Transcendental
1: meditation, yes.
5: Transcendental meditation. I only hear about it. I don't really know how it goes. I,
1: okay.
5: I hear it quite for years now. Uh-huh. But um, when it comes to meditation, um, I'm thinking Psalm 1 and verse 3 says, the man who is blessed, Meditate in the love the, the of the, the Lord day and night. Correct. And um, Philippians 4 8 says, finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are, are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely. Whatever things are of good report, oh. if there be any virtue, if there be any praise,
1: think on, think this, on
5: these things. Yes, sir. Now I had a book; it's kind of like um, a book on witchcraft
1: uh-huh.
5: was sent to me. I I called in sometime, perhaps it's last year, about a situation with me, and. um the the um my radio is on. I'm listening. Um, but what's uh, what happens is this book speak about having out of body experience. Yeah. You know, you 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 when you start the reading of the book, you 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 create image in your mind and things like that. Yeah. And then he, he speaks about what Paul says. He was taken up into the third heaven. Mm-hmm. And he says, whether in the body I know not, yeah. or out of the body I do not know.
1: Uh-huh.
5: He says, such a one was taken up to the third heaven.
1: Yeah, Corinthians 12.
5: That is in the book, but it's a book of, on witchcraft.
1: Yeah. What people do, uh, sir, is that they take uh, biblical concepts, and then they use those biblical concepts to endorse all kinds of evil practices, and, and I think that that particular book that you've got, if I were you, I hope you still don't have it in your home. I hope no, you've I don't have of. it. Yeah, well, you've done a wonderful thing. Get rid of it. You don't need it. I that. got rid of it. I'm glad you did.
0: Did you have any other question? quickly?
1: No, I think that's it. Listen, I thank, thank you very much, and I do appreciate what you're saying there, that there is content. To our meditation. Our meditation is not just to be passive and lose our consciousness. We're supposed to be in control of our mind, and Paul is very specific in those particular virtues we're supposed to meditate on and think about. So you're in line with exactly what the Bible teaches, and that's why we're drawing a contrast between TM and uh, Christianity is two different things altogether. Thank you so very much. I appreciate that. Okay. Good
5: night. Good night, sir.
0: Good night. Thank you for the call, and look forward to having you call back in in the future. Pastor, in one of those quotes that you were sharing, uh, there was the word creation. What
1: do they believe about creation and evolution? I'm just curious. Well, in terms of evolution, um, the uh, I'll read exactly what he said about evolution. Um, this is what Maharishi said on TM in page 271. Uh, he believes that God controls the process of evolution. He said, God, the supreme, almighty being, in whose person... Now, again, get the confusion again. There's supposed to be an impersonal God, but now he has to use the word person. It's impossible to describe God apart from being a person, whose person the process of evolution finds its fulfillment. Uh, He is on top of the level of creation. And then he goes on to say, uh, God maintains the entire field of evolution and the different lives of um, innumerable beings in the whole of the cosmos. So basically, God is the force behind the evolutionary process. He would believe that God would have brought about creation through the evolutionary process because God's in control of that, basically.
0: Would that be theistic evolution then?
1: No, that wouldn't be, well... But again, remember, his God is not a personal God, That's so I am not too sure. That's why I said when you come to the language of these um, writers and these, um, especially these people from you know, from India with all the Hinduism, Hinduism at the very core is pantheistic. Everything is God. Man is God. The tree is God. The book is God. Everything is God. Yeah. Two minutes left in the program, and we have one more caller. So quickly, if you can
3: go ahead
0: and share your question.
3: my um, dear. Yes, sir. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm a person, I was trained to be observant in the physical, but um, since I've been spiritual, I've been trained to be observant. Spiritual, that means God give me the spiritual gift, okay? Uh-huh. St. Paul says in one of you people that the gospel was not taught to him in the institution, it was revealed to him, right? Yeah. Same thing with me. Let me tell you something now. I, I realize that the, um, Jesus Christ is coming to his word very soon, and you may ask me how soon. Well, I'm not going to put with it a year, but I know it's very soon. I'm going to tell you why. I've um, the program tonight on BBC about um, space and aliens and so on. Here, you know what the question is about the program? We are the aliens. That's the question, right? Yeah. So they have the spacecraft that's going around, dripping and go around, this is certainly but that, and certainly but this. Mm-hmm. And the question is, we are the aliens. Uh-huh. But at least um, President Trump State of the Union, just did a night. Here was President Trump said. Aliens are next door, so I need a wall to keep out the aliens,
1: okay?
3: <laughs> <laughs> Here you know, and hear now. And the, the Anglican Bishop of England uh-huh. came on the radio, BBC radio, the, 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 a couple of months ago, and said, Here he said, I'll quote him Homosexuality oh, is no longer a sin, end of quote. So he's telling the church, if it used to be, it is no longer. So i mean you just to come to world well soon. Yeah. Have a good night.
1: Thank you. Thank you very much.
0: Thank you for the call uh pastor it's it's i would agree with him that from all uh scripture it seems that the return of christ could be very soon and you reference that it is could be or is the terminal generation
1: yeah I think that there's, the Bible talks a great fall in that will take place before the Lord returns. And I think when we look at the religious confusion, we've got people pontificating as though they're God. I mean, from now on, homosexuality is not a sin. What an audacious statement that is from a religious leader. He's not only being pompous, but he's playing God. God says it is sin. What right does any man have to say is not a sin?
0: Do you think that religious leaders who make those type of statements are just trying to be politically correct, or they're really convinced that it's not a sin anymore?
1: I think that part of it has to do with wanting to be acceptable and political correct, right, but I also think that a lot of these people are deluded and misled, and they've fallen into the apostasy of the end times that the Bible talks about.
0: Real quickly, what are some dangers of TM that we need to
1: be aware of? To my mind, the greatest danger of TM is allowing your mind to be so open that you are invaded by alien. And when I use the word alien, I'm talking about supernatural powers that the Bible calls demonic powers so that you become a medium and you become influenced and this can lead you into psychosis and neuroses as well and uh, so I think that's the greatest danger opening your mind, not controlling your mind and allowing these spirits to take hold of you
0: Thanks for joining us for another program of That's Truth Be sure that you join us next week Next week Pastor Murphy and Brother Erskine will bring you another exciting informative program and an interactive program. Have a great night